GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. So, um, well, welcome everybody. Um, David Wilkinson um, speaking. I am the chair of the Clinical Advisory Board for National Skin Cancer Centres. And I'm here today with Paul Elmsley, who is the founder and CEO of HealthCert and the National Skin Cancer Centres. And we're going to be talking about all things related to um, setting up and running effective skin cancer services in a primary care setting. Paul, how are you? Excellent. Thank you, David. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to the topic today. And I'm, I'm going to make the, com- well, the, the comments I want to make is around the fact that whether you want to set up a skin cancer service inside a general practice, or if you were thinking about setting up a, a subspecialized clinic. So just so that everyone's aware that we will cover um, those, because really, to be honest with you, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same, other than the fact that one might be in a standalone building versus the other. Excellent. So um, why don't we establish, try and establish your credibility first, Paul? <laughs> why should anybody listen to you in this regard? How long have uh, you been doing this for and how much uh, uh, have, you, have you been practicing? Yes, well, I, I suppose so. Yes, thank you, David. Um, yeah, my, my background is an early pioneer in skin cancer um, and originally setting it up within a general practice and then went on to build subspecialized clinics. So I've built, owned or operated about 28 over the years, over the 20 plus years I've been doing it. And most recently, we've got 14 clinics that we operate nationally. So um, yeah, lots of experience. I've got an MBA. I've done an entrepreneurial master's at MIT. So little bit of theoretical to go along with the practical uh, skills that I've developed over the years. Excellent. All right. I think we should take you seriously and, um, and let, let's jump into this. What, what does a, in your view, what does a, uh, an ideal service look like? Let's start there and then let's pick it apart. Yeah. I mean, look, what we're trying to do is, is to help patients who have skin cancer concerns, get access to, you know, we'll call it immediate diagnosis, but let's say short-term quick diagnosis, uh, so then they can be appropriately managed. Um, you know, as we know in Australia, two thirds of the population by the age of 70 will have developed skin cancer. And for the vast majority of people, um, they're probably not aware of the fact of, you know, which are the groups that are at highest risk. So obviously, you know, you know Caucasian over the age of 50, history of, uh, you know, skin cancer, whether it's personal or family. So I yeah. think it's important definitely in a primary care setting to ask patients these questions. You know, have you had a skin check? You know, particularly once you've got the skills to do so. So I'm going to assume that, you know, the doctors have learned demoscopy and, and have the basic fundamentals of being able to do a punch or shave because, you know, that at least we get to a diagnosis and then we can manage from there. So I think that the key thing is, is that patients are seeking, you know, once again, uh, to get skin checks, they probably don't know that you may offer them or whether it's probably appropriate for them to do so. So I think that the, in the first instance, I said, have the conversation with the patient uh, if they are in a high risk group and definitely ask them around personal history and family history, which is part of your clinical records. Yeah. So, so give us your thoughts on, um, on the difference between a standalone skin cancer clinic service and a skin cancer clinic service within, uh, let's call it a mainstream general practice. What, you've seen this change and evolve and, and, and uh, over time. Um, how, do you see the, the, how do you see all of that working at the moment? Yeah, well, I mean, if you look sort of historically, you know, back in the late 90s when skin cancer clinics sort of popped up on the scene, um, you know, really what happened then is that, you know, these standalone practices, which were obviously staffed by, by GPs, 
um, came a place where patients, you know, were looking for one thing. I mean, a skin cancer clinic basically has one job, and that is to yeah. screen patients for skin cancer and then do biopsies and or surgery or non-surgical management. So it is only a place where you go for that purpose. So that resonated with patients who were looking specifically for that service. What I've seen over the years, particularly when we sort of got HealthCert started 15 years ago, and the first group of doctors who did our skin cancer courses were the GPs working in this space who wanted to get you know, some formal recognition of, I suppose, their skills. Um, but increasingly what we've seen now is that, you know, we've had over 11,000 GPs in Australia do a basic skin cancer course. So that now obviously the GP uh, won't see their patient necessarily going up the road to the skin cancer clinic to potentially uh, for their skin cancer concerns. So I think what I've, we've seen now is that pretty much every general practice offers, you know, a skin cancer service of sort. Um, but, you know, I am just very conscious of the fact that the main difference is that the patient's going to a skin cancer clinic and for that reason, that's the only reason that you're looking after them. Whereas, you know, in a primary care setting, it could be you helping your patients who have skin cancer concerns who may not be aware of the fact that you do have them. Um, yeah. And what we're increasingly seeing in, in primary care practices is, you know, one doctor who's then sort of upskilled themselves further, particularly in skin cancer surgery, so that yeah. once you've got a patient that's called it outside of your scope of comfort, you know, obviously cosmetically sensitive procedure, you know, could be internally referred versus externally referred. It's an interesting one, isn't it? And that's very helpful. The, I mean, from a clinical point of view myself, um, if you think about this from a, pa a patient's perspective, imagine you were going to have your cataracts done. You know, you would probably, I think everybody would rather go and see an ophthalmologist that does lots of cataracts as, a case to the, as opposed to the occasional cataract, right? And I, and I think that that plays through in, in a right across medicine. I think most doctors can appreciate that. So, so I wonder, you know, how we can encourage um, the establishment of services within general practice that provide an appropriate level of care within each general practice. Do you want to say something about your, what you've seen happen in the industry um, in, in mainstream general practice about whether doctors should set up like a day a week and only do skin cancer a day a week, one patient after another, or is it better done all mixed in with everybody, you know, the mental health and the pediatrics and, and so on? you have a view on that and sense of that in the industry? Well, I mean, look, for, for a doctor that obviously wants to do this with some degree of focus, so I think it, it ranges from, of course, the patient who comes in, takes off the shirt and you see something abnormal on their back. You know, yeah. I mean, I think yeah. every GP in Australia should have a dermatoscope, know how to use it and know what an obvious melanoma looks like, right? I mean, we obviously yeah. know that skin cancers can mimic other things, but you know, there's, I suppose, patients who come in for the purpose of a skin check and then patients who are there for something else and you see something abnormal or concern on their body. So yeah. I think that from my experience, we definitely, and we've helped, you know, hundreds of well, not thousands of doctors, you know, develop these sorts of services over the years uh, in Australia, is what you'll find is if you do have an interest in doing skin checks, I mean, the skin check is a separate consult. Now you can, of course, mm -hmm. include it with an existing consult, but what we generally would recommend is trying to pull them out. And even if you just had a, you know, Tuesday morning where it's your skin check session, because one of the key things about skin cancer screening it's not a one-off activity you do once in your life. I mean, if you're a high-risk group, you need to have your skin checked you know, every year. If you've obviously had a previous diagnosed cancer, it could be more often. So yep. what I'm conscious of is it's much better to, because, so what I mean by that is, is that the patient that comes in today, 
is going to need to come back in for a skin check tomorrow, right? Whether that's in six or 12 months time. So yeah. normally what we're trying to do is getting patients to agree that yes, we're going to book you another skin check in 12 months time. And there's a place for that. So if you have a Tuesday morning set aside for skin checks, you know, let's say, of course, you've obviously, you know, you've got enough patients, if you're working full-time, you've got enough patients to fill a morning. If you were to make them aware of the fact that you do do skin checks on a Tuesday morning, and if they would like to get a skin check patient, you know, please book in with Nancy at the front desk and she'll accommodate that for you. The other advantage of having them in a block is that a skin check does take, you know, let's call it 15 minutes. You know, patient comes yeah. in, needs to get undressed. And of course, you know, the, the older lady will take longer than the uh, tradie as such. Um, but to do a head to toe examination will take six to seven minutes. You know, you'll then need to create an appropriate record and or you may want to do a biopsy. And I would always encourage you to do biopsies there and then with the patient. Don't send yeah. them out and tell them to come back because there's a percentage that won't. And ultimately yeah. you've let them out the door with something that probably is of great concern. So having that block of time allows you to do a skin check and keep on time. One of the risks is when you try and add in a skin check, which is not just you know, a two minute task, is suddenly yeah. you're gonna be running late. And you know, one of the, great, the greatest bugbear of patients is doctors that run late. So yeah. I would sit there and say, incidental discovery, pick up the dermatoscope, have a look at it. If the patient says, well, I'd like to get a full skin, you know, a full skin check, say, well, I do those on a Tuesday morning, you're more than welcome yeah. to book in and we'll do that as a separate consult. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I very much concur with that. I, I think that every GP in Australia needs the basic skills and competence to be able to deal exactly as you say with the ad hoc request to look at something or something they see when the patient takes their, their shirt off. I, I agree with that completely. And if I was in mainstream general practice, Paul, I would set up a system where every single patient on the database was contacted actively, proactively and invited and urged, in fact, recommended and urged by the doctor to have to come in and have a baseline skin check, irrespective of risk or age. Um, now, adults only, I, I would say, say from 16 up. Um, baseline skin check for everybody and then a risk stratified follow up um, of, of future skin checks. And, and I think you're right. I think that, that that kind of work should be done by somebody that really does know what they're doing. And um, organizationally, right, it just makes sense to do it all on one morning or one day. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. You need to set your time up and your appointment book up so that you do the the punch biopsy there and then if there's a suspicious lesion yeah. you you act there and then i think i think that makes a lot of sense in a, yeah. in a, ge a general practice setting don't you yeah and i think the other thing to remember is that if you are going to do your skin checks on a tuesday morning make sure you've got set up in your room the, the punches and shaves and yeah. the appropriate tools to do it so don't have to go out the room or take the patient up the corridor and go and do it you can do it easily in yeah. your consulting room and the other thing to remember is that for every you know, skin check you do, there'll be X many biopsies and X many biopsies that lead to X many things that need to be treated surgically or, or non-surgically. Yeah. And you need to be mindful of the fact that if you, let's say you do a Tuesday morning of skin checks, then probably having a Thursday afternoon set aside to do procedures is something you're going to want to set up within the practice. Because within a general yeah. practice, typically you're sharing space. You know, yeah. obviously having access to a nurse to help you with procedures will make you a lot more time efficient. And the key thing about procedures they're not time-based whereas obviously a consult is based on time a procedure is not so if you can have a nurse help facilitate you setting up you know and obviously cleaning up after procedures etc 
and you can shave five and 10 minutes here and there uh, means you'll be able to you know, get an extra procedure in during that sort of session that you're doing. And ultimately, when you're giving the patient the results of the biopsy, you want to be able to say, and, you know, assuming you're comfortable to treat it or, you know, someone in the practices, you can say, well, Mrs. Jones, you know, on Thursday afternoon, I can treat that BCC for you, um, you know, and, you know, get them to book in and know where. And the other part is important for the staff know to where to place them, right? If you're yep. obviously proactively looking, you know, getting patients to come in for a skin check, where do they put them? So that's why yeah. having the, the Tuesday morning skin check session works. And that's also when you uh, get the biopsy result and then organize the procedure is having a place for them rather than trying to just ad hoc fit it into your diary somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely right. And, and, and just to close this one off, Paul, it's worth uh, sharing with everybody that in fact, there is very good evidence that, that adopting the kind of model that we've just talked about will um, there are a number of studies have tried this and they find very large numbers of undiagnosed skin cancers um, when when a systematic approach is taken so there's very good uh, very good evidence for doing this so look paul let's let's wrap this one up here we'll we'll come back uh, with our next podcast and, and explore these issues uh, in more detail but that was fantastic thank you thanks for your time Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.